Yeah. Welcome uh, to the June 13th meeting of the Methfield Warrant Committees. Got a lot on our agenda tonight. Um, I know we have at least one of our members, Sharon Tatro, will be uh, participating remotely. So I'll let her do the. Uh, Sharon Tatro, uh, Sharon Tatro participating remotely. Remotely, sorry. And we have the rest of the folks here. I'm not sure about Amanda. She may will be looking for her uh, online or in person. She hasn't shown yet, but otherwise, the balance of us are here. Um, we, since our last meeting, a lot has transpired. Um, understand uh, Trinity has held another public information meeting and had a, a meeting with the, select, uh, the school committee. Uh, and we have uh, received today around three o'clock and distributed the uh, first copy, first draft copy for public dissemination anyway of the land dis disposition agreement. It's actually been posted on the town's website, so it's public information. Uh, each of the warrant committee members have received a link to that. Uh, and you know, we'll be discussing some of that this evening. Coming up later um, this week, uh, we're aware that the select board is meeting tomorrow evening to discuss uh, the project and the LDA, and the school committee is also meeting again on Thursday. Uh, we, we have a busy agenda tonight. I think there's a few things at the end of our agenda we'll probably defer and not get to, but um, we'll, we'll try to, to move through our agenda quickly and, and um, visit with the, the folks that we've invited. We have posted uh, a meeting for the Warrant Committee on Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Uh, with some, some draft agenda items in case we're not able to take any action this evening. We'll have a, a meeting posted for Thursday uh, where we can further discuss and uh, take action as we seem fit. Um, so on our agenda tonight uh, is obviously the Medfield State Hospital uh, development project. We've got folks from uh, the, the school committee and uh, school staff here, Superintendent Marsden, Michael LaFrancesca. We've got uh, Christian from the Water and Sewer Board. We've got Jen Minio from the Belfort Arts Center. We've got an agenda item to talk about the LDA and available online is the town's uh, council, legal council representing the town uh, in uh, drafting that LDA. Should we have any questions? Uh, Sarah Raposa. Our town planner will be available to talk about the zoning bylaw amendment. And then we've got a couple other, um, really the only other action item after that is some uh, three uh, transfer, budget transfers from public works uh, that we'll talk about. The rest will likely defer to our next meeting. So I guess with that, let's let's dive right in. We're on our agenda, our first, the first invitees are uh, Superintendent Marston, Michael LaFrancesca, and Jess Riley, uh, Chair of the School Committee this year. So, um, I understand you met with Trinity. Awesome. Uh, so we understand that you uh, had a meeting you know, last, the school committee had a meeting last week and had some, some uh, productive discussion that there may have some, been some events or Things that have transpired since, and I know that the committee did have some questions in regards to the development, potential impact, and benefits. Your committee or my committee? 
I'll let you before the word <laughs> Um, I know, you know, they're looking at um, the due diligence and the peer reviews, um, you know, a lot of the concerns that we had and questions we had were answered. However, there's still some, some, you know, some things and questions that we, uh, we would prefer to hear straight from, you know, the, the school committee. Well, there's been a lot that's gone into uh, discussions leading up to this, a lot of information fed to due diligence consultants, a fiscal consultant and a town's peer review of that, and a lot of information provided by the school department. It seems to be well informed, but we wanted to have a conversation, have an opportunity to make sure that we're understanding everything. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Do you want to uh Start. Do you want to ask us specific questions, or should we do a little background? Uh, well, maybe maybe let me lay a little background and then you can talk. So you know, I think our last meeting suggested that we invite you here because it was a concern with um, potential costs related to additional impact from school-age children. At least from my perspective, the annual cost, Jeff, you identified the 535. Right. Uh, and we think that's the right, you know, we agree that with that number too, as does Carl Seidman. But we think the annual cost is, is that number should be used. That's for about who's on the range, I think, who's probably on the slope of the high end. Yeah, the high end of that. They shouldn't consider that the annual cost. But the question of capacity of, of our existing schools and, you know, uh, at the, particularly at Memorial, and we all know about Dale, uh, but you know, that was something that I know was a concern to me. I think others obviously shared that too. And that's that's why we invited people. Now, since then, it was, I know two of us listened to your meeting last week. And um, I guess just speaking for myself, I, th I thought it was nice that you brought this up. I just, since then, I've gotten the uh, Carl Seidman fiscal impact analysis, mm -hmm. which raised this question of additional, uh, you know, additional uh, apartment complexes in town, three additional ones, and the impact from that. And look, when you combine that with what's going to happen at State Hospital, you know, it starts to add up and it's, it's a concern. So, mm -hmm. um, and so thank you for, you know, dealing with that issue committee. And so, anyway, that's sort of the background, I guess. And I know there's been some discussion between you and Trinity and some developments. So maybe there's a story to tell on your part in terms of where we're at. We all have the actual LDA agreement. So we've seen kind of the negotiated amount in here of additional million dollars. So maybe uh, bring, us, bring, bring us up to where we're at. So just, just one piece by May uh, with Carl's peer review, yeah. he did bring the numbers back down. So I think when we were looking last week, we were looking at numbers at um, Chapel Hill and the other development, I forget the name of the other one. 
uh, where they were projected numbers and, and they just haven't come to fruition at, at this point. I mean, there's potential of having them there, but they're just not there. So he scaled the numbers back a bit. I think he's around 112 right now with all three in, instead of the, the, the 190, which he was before. Okay. Um, so he and I have gone back. Uh, 112, said, 112 including the state. Right. Oh. So he sent me an email, uh, I think yesterday, it went, went to spam again, so I got to respond back to him, but he's, he's trying to adjust those numbers, but he feels that based on the actuals that are being used in those other two developments that the number goes down significantly. Yeah. And like we talked about on Thursday, the real issue is where the kids come in, right? So right. if we, yeah. I mean, we, we historically have just disproportionate number of kids that come in at Memorial School. That's just the way it is in Medfield. Yeah. That's the way it always be in Medfield. Yeah. And I think that was the concern that we had last week in which the committee was expressing their concerns around that because uh, right now we have, uh, for next year, 23 per class in grade one already before the summer movements come. Um, we've had, I think, a 40 or so kids register for next year. Uh, a little more than half of those kids are going to Memorial. So we know that's the trend. It's always been the trend in Medfield. So we just want to yeah. we just want to make sure that we can mitigate that if that does happen. And, and we, we tend to get, you know, if we get 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 kids all in one, one school, and that's a problem. If we have kids like at Park that were spread throughout the district, it's much easier to take, but we can't yeah. predict that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, I think when when this initial 2018 study of passing the schools was looked at by Martha. Uh, it, it was, and I want to be careful because I, I think people get confused. So there, there is capacity for additional grade level children in like middle school and high school to add children to existing grades, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if there's another have another 20 kids per grade and sprinkle them in sure. to different classrooms that already have curriculum for that grade level. Right. Uh, that's different than just you know changing the whole curriculum around schooling another school in there. That's, right. that, that doesn't work. So um, and so uh, you know I think from my perspective I think you know I looked at Mark's analysis I think that Real the concern is not Blake and high school, it's Dale and Lamorne. And any you know, sort of, and, and you do like, doesn't seem to have an issue, but it's really Blake and Memorial. So that, that, um, that was you know why, why we focused on it. So, okay. yeah, I think that uh, a lot of what our concern was was flow and future planning. So obviously, you know, we talk about flow in terms of having kids at Memorial, and, but when we have overcrowded classrooms at Memorial or not enough capacity, um, and we end up having larger class sizes, we also end up, it doesn't end up being one more teacher to teach yet another class. It ends up being, you know, kind of multiple leads across multiple classrooms to be able to support that education. So then that kind of initial, uh, well, it'll be just one teacher, that's the expense, actually that becomes a significantly larger expense through that. Also things like, you know, we do have um, progressively more and more limited uh, pre-K space, which is revenue generating. At the same time, we're looking at somewhere down the road at some point where it's possible we will have to fulfill, you know, universal pre-K. Yeah. Same thing with uh, full day kindergarten. You know, we, are at the point where we do not want to be able to have to pull back on full day kindergarten. It is the, the way of education 
now, and I think appropriately so, but if we do not have the space, then we cannot offer the same educational experience over time to the students, and particularly in the next, you know, we're looking at this project, you know, it is unlikely that we will have an additional elementary school before uh, the hospital opens, right? I mean, I think we all kind of realistically understand that. Um, in the meantime, the kids that we have right now desperately need to have the same or more support coming out of the pandemic. And we are having families move in who have wanted to be out of cities, be able to kind of take advantage of the housing market at the time. And it really, I mean, I've, I've already gotten two letters in my mailbox this weekend from people who are just looking for houses. Mm -hmm. So it's not that the population of young children is going down anytime soon. And sometimes that bubble works out and other times it's just not going to. Yeah. So we have to be able to plan ahead, even if, you know, again, like the uh, elementary school project, we never said that we wanted every single classroom filled with to max capacity, <clears throat> but we had to plan yeah. for right. it to happen. And I think that that's, that's our responsibility <clears throat> as a school committee is to make sure that we're maintaining and extending the level of the, the quality of the education that we are able to offer. I think Jess makes a really good point about memorials. So we hear about the, the days of old with 3,000 kids when your kids were in school in the capacity, there was no capacity issue. Well, that's because it was half day kindergarten. Right. Yeah. So there's, you know, you, when you have to classroom, right? right? Things right. change. So now we have full day kindergarten. So there's, there's half, amount, half amount of space in classrooms that we have, and, and that becomes a problem. So that's, you know, one of the issues that, in Jess's point around preschool, we have four classrooms now sharing two preschool rooms because they're switching off at different times. And we have 75 kids on a waiting list for preschool. So we, we want Medfield kids in our district as soon as they can be there, not going to private preschools. So I think that's, you know, the more room, the more capacity. I think that's what we, our plan was from the beginning. And the, the, the other, um, the first rendition of Dale Street was a three, four, five. So we could make that a pre-KK building over there, early childhood center, so we could provide all the services that people want. Um, so I think that's just, you know, this just is going to put a little more, um, a little more stress on that because you know people are going to come in and, and more they're going to be pre-k k one students they always are and i think i obviously i have not been able to discuss this with my committee in every meeting but i think that uh i personally truly appreciate how immediately responsive trinity was to that concern yeah you know that, that yeah, it was something that they they like got that they know in other communities most likely and that when we were able to point that out they really did make sure that they were addressing that for us. And, and I do appreciate that yeah, so that's much. Great. Uh, thank you. That's good. Thank you. I, a question regarding that, that mitigation, maybe it's directly from what for Todd. What is the timing? Should the time meeting vote affirmatively and second into the LDA? What's the timing of the receipt of the mitigation funds? When would the town see those at closing? Closing from the LDA was sometime early next year. March, before, by March 2024. March 2024. Mm -hmm. Two years to go through. Mm -hmm. So the, the receipt of those mitigation funds you know, early in the process seemed to give the school committee 
So, okay. and it allows us to be able to plan over time. Right. You know, if we're starting to develop it. Not all the potential students are coming off from here. It's as they as the needs get built out, occupied, be a process. And I take your point, Jeff, that classroom space today is very even 20 years ago. Like the yeah. RISE program. You know, it's interesting, even at the, the high school, when you're looking at what we built 20 years ago, as opposed to how kids learn now, you know, almost everything is okay. Uh, you know, let's get you started. And then I want everybody to kind of go and develop their own ideas and let's meet in groups and trying to move, you know, fixed desk and chair units together to make those flexible spaces simply doesn't work. We muddle through, nobody's planning on buying multi furniture, but it is just a physically different model of learning. Yeah. And um, and those, you know, we need to be able to continue to accommodate those things. And I think those those issues work all the way down to yeah. kindergarten and pre-K. So you're comfortable that resolution of this would turn to so deals with major concerns. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, so this you know, discussed at the school committee for I think that I will bring it up on the agenda and then we'll see how the committee feels in terms of whether they do a formal support or if we simply issue a statement at the town meeting or if somebody wants to stand up and speak. You know, I'll let the committee decide that. Five people. <laughs> so right. I can't necessarily make decisions right off the bat for that, but I think that we should have a conversation about it, definitely. And I think at this point, many of our, I mean, if not all of our concerns about how we might do this have been met. And, you know, all of the information going into the, the peer review and the, the natural impact statement, have you take any issue with any of the information presented? You know, do no. you agree with all of that? In fact, Chairman, we had NESDEC, who does our own projections for us, um, look at the work that was presented from Trinity, and they agree with the numbers. So they were pretty comfortable with the way it was done. Um, they said it's it's directly in the ballpark they would have come to as well. So they were comfortable with it. And and I think that we also had this conversation in the in the meeting itself that it wasn't so much exactly about we weren't going to argue numbers, yes or no, yes or no. It's that the larger issue, regardless of the number, the problem still doesn't go away. Right. 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 So I think yeah. that we're all pretty much aligned on the numbers and I, I encourage lower numbers, but we have hopefully planned for those that come in higher if we have, if yeah. it becomes yeah. the case. Any other member of the board committee have any questions or comments? I, I, I do have a question but in terms of your positioning of the school committee, what troubled me about the, the meeting was the discussion about wisdom Candidly, from the finance perspective, it seems to me that, that at least we should have a conversation if it's not understood because it wasn't discussed. That a $20 million liability that stays with the town is transactional, not conceived, mm -hmm. has a significant impact on any ability to do anything in the school budget. My perspective is that. That wasn't addressed by the school committee. Now, if it's if it's it, it either either should be addressed, it, it should be addressed. And if it's, if it's not, if it's not understood, 
and, and, my, and I'll tell you, Mike. Was that specific I, members was, of the committee? I think that was just one member. Well, no, no, but I just want, I, I'm talking about, I'm not trying to isolate one member. I'm trying to say from the school committee perspective, the importance of this transaction in its entirety. If, if, if the town maintains the liability of, of that amount, that's a shadow umbrella over the town. It'll have a profound impact on any of the well, that's you know that twenty million dollar number for you know mitigation of the you know potential asbestos or lead piping in those buildings certainly come out you know more recently in the due diligence. I mean that's a good current number. Mm -hmm. That's a potential liability for the community. So you know that's sort of a certainly a cost avoidance aspect of this cost. But I, I would like to say, Bob, just so that we're all very clear, that was part of the discussion amongst five individual members of the committee. Um, in which that was one person's or two people's contribution. I don't know exactly, you know, I haven't gone through and done the score yet. Um, but I, I do have to say that so often uh, there's criticism within the community that we simply kind of, uh, you know, just red letter stuff like, thank you very much. And that was a specific conversation around, um, you know, that around an issue that's extremely important to the town. So if it comes up, it's not so much that that becomes the story of the committee. I think that that was one or two people. Um, and, you know, honestly, I think at that point, um, I uh, recommended that people reach out to Todd or to whomever else to really kind of understand the risk reward scenarios around that. So, um, I mean, it's fine. I, I but guess, I, but I, I, I do I understand guess, your I'm, point. I guess what I'm speaking to is that if you have a meeting on Thursday, yeah. that that would be a Mm -hmm. in, in, in terms of, of the liability to the time. I, I'm not sure the point you're making. That $20 million is real, and these buildings are not going to stand forever. And they won't stand between now and when a building, a school is built. Yeah, so, I get that. I just don't think that we have any actual input into that decision, right? Like, I think that that was a reflection from one. What decision is that? Uh, whether I mean our our input into the decision around uh, the the town meeting warrant and allowing uh, the the town to you know or voting for the town to uh, allow the town to to enter into a contract that's not a school committee decision. We can certainly have discussions about risk and reward, and sometimes there's people who may or may not agree for one reason or another, and I'm glad that we aired it out. I'm not sure that I'm willing to, to kind of put out a, a specific discussion around, okay, so we need to straighten out this risk reward thing, because I'm not sure that it's necessarily our, our purview. What we were doing was advocating for the schools and for the education specifically. Mm -hmm. So I understand your point, but I also think that I don't wanna necessarily go through and belabor on a point that is not actually under the responsibility of the school committee. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I'm, not, I'm not asking. So maybe I'm asking, I'm maybe I'm not understanding. Not your responsibility. Yeah, I just but don't, I think I'm trying that, to understand what you would like. context of, so I, I don't separate the town and the schools. This is our town, right? We live with, you know, risk and debt. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. that, that came into play when the, in the last school project. So, assuming later responsibilities for other things. If there's a liability looking at in the eye, mm -hmm. and we have a, a program that provides relief, which this LDA does, it just clears one item up. I'm not asking you for the school committee to assume the liability. I'm asking that in the context of the town's responsibility and the need to build the school and to finance that we recognize, at least I recognize, that taking that liability off the table is, is significant to the future school building project. Yeah, or, or any other project. There is not any other, in, in all due respects, we're looking at two things here. Yeah. We're looking at a school that needs to be built. Yes. Okay. So it's not any of it's a school that needs to be built. And the town has limited resources, and, and taking away a potential cost from the community frees up resources for projects like the new school, which is a nice priority. First of all, it's not a potential cost. You know, I'm not sure what we're playing. We're dancing around this thing. There's a twenty million dollar liability that is significant to the town. If, if the town goes forward, can I finish my statement and then we can finish it? Unless you want, are you going to cut me off? I, I will. Okay. <laughs> so it's a potential cost in that if the town meeting approves uh, executing the LDA, then that cost is not a cost to the community. It's put onto the developer, and I think that's what you're, what we're saying here. We're all in agreement. Uh, yeah, I, I and I don't think Jessica is coming from in that. The school committee's purview is is it's about advocating for schools within the context of well. the committee, and I do and absolutely I do respect. And not the committee. committee members have a bigger picture mentality, is what they understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah maybe not as explicitly stated in the you know in your, your meeting, but I, I'm pretty sure. I think you, I, you I, understand I, the bigger picture, huh. and from my perspective, speaking for me as one member of this committee, I know. I didn't interpret what was said as a, as a representative position of the school committee. I interpreted it as one individual's personal opinion, which we all have. We all get a vote at town. Yeah, I don't. I don't personally hold your committee responsible for taking a position on that. That's the role of this committee mm -hmm. to take yeah. a position on this article, balance all of this. Very good points that Bob raises, yeah. which are uh, really, you know, important. Yeah. I, I think we're all on I want you to know that we do think that way. Sometimes I can still talk to you, but I do. Uh, I do want to tell you that I, I think that uh, it, I don't think that there was a, a worry. That we should necessarily have that the school committee was all of a sudden going to come out of that meeting and say okay we absolutely cannot support any part of this or whatever i am so thrilled that we've been able to work together to kind of mitigate what might be future costs and long-term benefits for the schools and to make sure that uh which whatever kids come to us in the next six years be it in this project or in another project that we'll be able to manage that and have those kids come here and have the same educational experience that they were anticipating 
and that we expect. Um, but I do see that conversation as a conversation amongst school committee members. And we have individual conversations sometimes. Yeah. It's important, I think, from my perspective, mm -hmm. that the people in the town, especially the people that serve on the school, understand the importance of this. Mm -hmm. And I've only wanted nine votes, so maybe I'm overstating that. But I think that this is in the best interest of the students. And I think that should be clear because there's a vote. Mm -hmm. And if it's anticipated that in some question whether or not school age parents will benefit from this transaction and they don't come to vote, would we know the importance of the two thirds vote? So yeah. I'll, you make sure I'll do it. I'm just making a statement. Yeah. No, uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Yeah. No. I, I mirror your statement. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm optimistic that, you know. Going forward, we're also going to be able to talk as one community and determine our Any other questions or anything else that you'd like you'd like to discuss on this? I don't think so. You're good. Well, you know, we have it on the agenda for Thursday, and we'll talk about it. And I think um, obviously we're communicating quite well at this point, and we do appreciate Trinity's kind of gesture. Yeah. Very generous gesture. Amanda Hall um, joining remotely. Uh, Amanda and Sharon, do you have any questions uh, for our, our school visitors before we let them go? <laughs> not, not at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. No, I, I'm good at this time, too. Thank you. All right. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. Appreciate it. Next, we have Christian Carpenter, a member of the Board of Water and Sewer. One big seat. Am I grilling? Just a conversation. So we, you know, we've seen you know this, the utilities related to the redevelopment of the state hospital property has certainly been well, well considered and well studied and researched over the years. I would call them, you know, under my time on the board of water and sewer, um, an active conversation about water supply and you know, is there capacity for sewer, sanitary sewer, um, both from the development. The multiple studies and consultants that have looked at it more recently, um, 
due diligence by BHB and peer review by the comp peer review consultant, environmental partners, environmental partners. And that has been discussed if you had a board meeting last week and you earlier discussed yeah, those, uh, the results of that due diligence and, and peer review. Wondered if, if there's would the, the board uh, kind of have concurrence with the finding or any concerns related. Yeah, um, big picture. I think we were we were pleased with the results of the of the study. Environmental partners was, was pretty well aligned, um, so we don't have any big concerns with, with the proposed project with respect to water and sewer capacity. I think I think we should be good. You know, the environmental partners report did point out some important things that we need to keep doing. You know, measures around infiltration and inflow with the sewer system and continuing to manage and and find those sources and tighten up that system so that we don't overwhelm the sewage plant, the treatment plant, uh, as well as, you know, continuing on, on the uh, water supply side and making sure that we're, we're doing everything we can do to, to, to manage water use in the town. Um, they're proposing to do all the right things around, you know, being very tight with, with uh, you know, minimizing water use and minimizing sewer needs for a project that size. We do have the capacity on both the water and sewer sides, so it's just a question of us continuing to, to do what we've been doing the last few years. Is, is there any concern of any added effects from this development and other developments that are occurring? So we didn't address that specific question at our meeting, so we'll speak on as, as though the board had, but the other, the other projects that are going in town right now are just not as significant as that as far as what they're adding. So having gone through the chart and looking at the last 10 years of our annual usage and, and what this project is adding to it, you know, I think by and large, if there were a few years, I think 2011 timeframe where, uh, where we would have had a problem had this project been in place. We've reduced water usage enough that even the other projects in town, I don't think they're causing a concern for us. As far as the, the proposed work, uh, you know, on site, it appears that all of the water infrastructure can be replaced. Services to buildings, as well as the collection system for some of the sewer and actually downstream um, connection. Those, at least those schematic or preliminary designs. Um, you know, I liked what I saw. I mean, we're not looking at needing, you know, pump stations or anything like that. We're able to use the, the existing inlets and the existing flows, the existing system pretty well. Obviously having the new, new water tower there means we don't have a water issue. Right. Um, but on the sewer side, my concern when I initially started looking at it was, we'll be able to use the existing gravity flow systems without having to introduce new mechanical equipment. We're not having to introduce new mechanical equipment. So right. I think we're in a good place. In the, the LDA draft that came out um, this afternoon actually has a little, little statement related to, to water supply. It mentions that the development may use public water for irrigation. Um, is that any concerns with that? Any specific? Presumably, they you know if they did, then they'd be subject to the same water use restrictions as, as other users would be. Yeah, they'd certainly be subject to the same restrictions. I mean, it, I understood that 
at one time the draft suggested that there would not be irrigation use of, of water supply. I view that's uh, I'll just clarify that verbiage. Um, so it does go on to say, uh, it said you shall be uh, subject to approval by the board. Uh, so there's a conversation back where I think there were different perspectives. So we felt we should push that decision point rather than have draw a hard line and stand out. So okay. come back to the board at a later point. Okay. So yeah, I did it's an open conversation then with the, the water sewer board as far as irrigation. Yeah. I didn't see that that it did come back to to them for a uh, permit, but you know, whatever they decide to do has to go back to the Somebody decided they might want to do customers. And I heard, <laughs> I mean, there was a discussion at one point, I think, at the committee about, well, collecting natural rainwater into some type of container and using that for irrigation yeah. to help with the yeah, that's, 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 that's sort of a preferred approach for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the reality is that the more customers we have, the more water we sell, the, the less expensive the water is for all the individual yeah. customers. But at the same time, we've got a hard stop on how much water we can use, no matter how many new customers enter the town. So yeah, I think it's in our best interest to to minimize extraneous uses wherever we can. So you would you would have that conversation with we, we would have that conversation yeah and and one of the things the board is looking at which we've not done yet but one of the things we've talked about doing is trying to change the rate structure so that those types of uses particularly new uses irrigation uses there's a there's a different fee structure around that which yeah. would perhaps incentivize less of that use and at least improve the revenue side of it for us if we're and willing to I, let that water go when i looked at this you know it's very clear that you know that the usage has been kind of trending in the right direction on water due to your efforts due to dpw's efforts for unaccountable water uh, it's do you know the percentage that they're down to now of unaccountable water is it like 16 percent or something i'm sorry off the top of my head i wouldn't want to hazard a guess i think it's, it's substantial I mean, at one point it was over 20 percent over 20 right? yeah so it's, it's definitely trending down so they they actually there's a little more per capita is also has it also reduced and it's it is. aligning yeah. more with the, the yeah. state guidance yeah but there's still a little more room in other words there's more capacity gain if you if there's absolutely room for improvement so yes yeah. absolutely Any, any questions for Christian? Super. Thanks, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Um, our next guest, Jen uh, Minio from um, the Belfort Art Center. Yeah. I, I felt it was prudent to invite you since you know, your association is certainly a a party to yeah. the, the overall discussion. I um, just wanted to, to give you an opportunity and the, the committee's opportunity to have a discussion and make sure, sure we understand what concerns you may have or what uh, pros and cons that you see with the, you know, the current proposal. Sure. So thanks for coming. Yeah, you bet. Were there any specific questions you want me to address um, first? Is, if, um, not per se, um, okay. in a pretty general conversation. I. Um, as a stakeholder, I just thought it was important that we had a conversation. Maybe there's one kind of a question that I've sort of 
you know, had was around uh, parking and, you know, your events that you plan to have eventually, mm -hmm. um, and how that would work with your existing, and maybe taking advantage of the extra spaces that the town has public outside the water tower. Yeah. Um, see, I guess the question is, do you see that that, that plan capacity for parking is enough? I'm not sure. I'd have to see specific numbers. Parking has been a concern for us and that we know we didn't get enough parking in our leased um, premises. And I was part of the master planning process and we didn't want to pave 11 acres to accommodate sufficient parking for everybody. So the concept was that parking would be shared throughout. And that is actually part of our lease uh, agreement. So hoping that there's going to be an opportunity to share parking down the line or provide for additional space someplace else. Seven into additional seven, spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah seven into space planned up by the water tower that is public. Mm -hmm. So that's open to everybody, including right. residents. Yeah, of, that would be very, that's more than, that's almost twice what we have. I think we have okay. about 44 or 46 spots. Yeah. But there could be, you know, people park up here and not go to your event. Sure. Walk your bus. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yep. Now having you know a copy of the, the draft LDA, um, I understand you know the, the the donations to Bell Ford is kind of a separate matter, so the town is not party to that, and that's why it's not mentioned in the LDA. It's a, yep. a separate agreement. Um, but as far as the 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 offer that's been presented that's all still on the table. Yeah. We, we just spoke about it this morning. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> what does your, your, your dream future look like up there in terms of program? Well, we're off and running with the performing arts already this summer with 24 dates outside. Um, we'll be every weekend now through October, October 22nd. So, you know, that's basically our first act. That's the piece that we have control over in terms of the lease. So that's our initial focus. Um, that well, once you get the infrastructure, so yeah. see happening then classes. Right. Well, the second building is 17 classrooms. Many of them are small. It's, you know, for music instruction in terms of the small ones, that'd be two people at most in some of those classrooms. Um, but the idea is to sort of support, um, support the artists from where they're learning to where professionals are presenting and to be able to have that in, in a space where they can interact with each other. So there'll be that new addition in between to actually connect them. That will also provide a full accessibility to the space where those neither of those buildings are accessible today. And we'll be putting in um, support space in that new addition so that we don't lose any program space in either building. So the bathrooms and catering kitchen for events and things will all be in that new addition. Yep. And the utilities will be under there so that they don't interfere with the acoustics of the performing venue. 
We're very excited to be working with Trinity. I think we couldn't have yeah. a better partner, quite frankly. Um, you know, they've proven there that they value the arts, that they've done work in this field in the, in the past. Uh, we're just super excited about the historic preservation approach too, which is beneficial to us. You know, we're two completely independent projects that are gonna need to work together very closely. Yeah. And we've been very impressed with the communications from Trinity so far. And I have no reason to doubt that would change. Well, it's clear that Trinity sees it as very valuable to success in their project. So. Well, we would like to have the rest of the property activated as well. Yeah. And, you know, where I would see, we would still want to forge ahead, even if Trinity wasn't there, but it's hugely valuable and beneficial to us that they're bringing the infrastructure into the property and not an expense for us to do. So. And our historic tax credits will be both benefit from them going through the process too. Gee, what's the process with that historic tax credit? Have you, have you secured some already? We have 1.1 million so far from okay. state. State. We haven't started the federal process yet, but we're expecting close to three and a half, maybe four million. But they actually, is it just an agreement to, to provide that? Yeah. Or do you actually have the money? Nope, I have letters. You have a letter. I apply three times a year. I get a letter back that says what the state will do. Okay. So 1.1 from the state, or three and a half million from the feds is in addition. No, no, the or three and a half is in total state and federal. And that's where we're only projecting 15% from the state and 20% from the federal state. And that quite gets to 20%. So we're being conservative on our revenue side. And how's, how's, your, uh, how's your fundraising? We've got some momentum. I'm excited to announce. <laughs> I said we're, we've got momentum. <laughs> we have those two. <laughs> we have those two. Yeah, we just got a $200,000 grant from the state, which we've already matched with a private donation. Wow. We're waiting for another one for 250, which will also require a match. But we're trying to begin the design and construction documents this summer, which is a six to eight month time period, because we want to align with Trinity's construction schedule. Yeah. That puts us into permitting and reviews next year as well, so that we can begin. 2024 also. So the plan for us would be to complete that fundraising by early 24, at least to a point that we'd be comfortable with getting our financing in place. Because pledges will come in over time after that. Yeah. But I will say Needham Bank has been very enthusiastic about supporting this too, so I'm confident we can figure this out. What's that total project estimated cost again? 25 million. Yep, but that includes some capacity building in our campaign expenses, and it also includes about 2 million for strategic reserves going forward because we would expect it to take two to three years for us to ramp up on programming to get to our revenue projections. So you need to build that in up front. Exactly. So actual construction is more like 20 to 21 million. Part of that is the tax credit would perform like that. That's over and above. Oh, that's above. Yep. Well, I, I, I think I read you hired uh, some uh, full time fundraiser for you. 
I know I have a staff of three and a half <laughs> full-time people. I have two, two fundraisers and one uh, director of marketing and a program person. Yeah. It's the great, the synergy that um, you know, the potential project has. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Happy to Thank you. Um, okay, we do have virtually um, Lisa Mead. Um, she's the, the council representing the town in uh, the formulation of the, the LDA. Um, that's the next on our agenda is to review and discuss the land disposition agreement, which now is available um, online, online for the public to view to the, the community earlier today. Um, that kind of forms the, the details of what is in the deal. Seems to essentially mirror you know the discussions that we've had previously, but you know more formalizes that in, into the documents. So that's not just been available. Um, does the, the committee have any questions on it or, or discussions to be had regarding the LDA? Um, we do have the benefit, as I just mentioned, of the town, of town council here this evening. Um, Lisa won't be available should we have our meeting on Thursday. Um, but um, we do have outstanding questions. We can certainly try to get those answered prior to the meeting Thursday. Yeah, yeah, I mean, content Todd and I could probably respond to it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's still, so, but I'll, um, I mean, understanding this still is in some sort of discussion phase, you know, understand if there's something that, that can't be discussed, but whatever can be. Yeah, I mean, this is the version going on the selection tomorrow. Yeah. So, I haven't had a chance to question. Uh, if for some reason the sale goes through, the Trinity can't secure financing or decides to abandon the projects, what are their, what's in their ability to sell or sell the property versus does the town have like to buy it back or necessarily want to do that? But what would happen? Does that address? Wow. Well, there's two pieces to that. First is, okay. um, there is a deposit, and that's of ten thousand dollars that they would um, give up if they have to walk away. Um, but there is, I'll speak. I'll let Todd chime in on some of the more specific real estate pieces of it. Uh, well, I think I might want to defer to our our attorney, but it doesn't tr actually transfer until the closing. So the period of time that so after town meeting, if it's a yes vote, okay. it goes to the permitting. Town still mm -hmm. owns the property until it's successfully permitted. And the financing is raised, and the town receives the purchase price. Okay. So, financing is. So, basically, you wouldn't close unless all the money was there. They would have to demonstrate they had the financing ready. Right. Okay. So, we think we're built in protections. We're not in a situation where the town is trying to get the property back. Right. Thank you. I guess related to that, are there protections should the LDA get executed and a couple years into the project? 
for whatever reason, um, is not non performance. You know, is there some sort of performance guarantee or is there other protections for that? Um, Mr. Chair, you broke, um, you broke up, so it was really hard to hear your question. It, so should the LDA get um, uh, you know, executed and, and the project get into construction, say permitting, getting into construction, for some reason, halfway through construction, um, things are not able to be completed. Um, is there some sort of, what sort of protections does the, the, the town have to, to ensure that we're whole in the project, the project does get completed? Sure. Uh, there, yeah, there's a right of reverter uh, within the agreement that if um, Trinity were to not be able to finish, um, that the project would revert to the town if the town wanted it to, but it would give their finance parties the ability to cure any default in that regard. So. <laughs> would revert to the town, so we would own the property again. Is that right? That, that's correct, if the town exercised that option. We asked whether, what alternative would we have? Because if they could not complete the project for whatever reason, um, what, what, that's the only alternative. Revert to the town and it's our, it's our issue. But also, I think the cure right for the lender or the right. investor is to replace Trinity with somebody who has right. their shoes and complete the project subject to the LDA. Right. That would be a requirement right. of our lender and investor before investing. Right. Right. Is that bonding? <laughs> we have to give a completion guarantee. We're basically putting the balance sheet in the company. So the idea is if it fails for whatever reason, it just doesn't come back to the town. Right. There's an opportunity right. for the lender to say, let me replace Trinity with somebody that has a similar capacity and we'll step in and finish the project as the, as the owner. It remains subject to the LDA and to the formal housing restriction that the town allows. So it's the same project, different general partner. So can you just clarify that a little further because I think I have a concept, but it might be good to get it publicly stated. So, in the event that did not, you weren't able to complete it, it would come back to the town, but it would also the financing would continue. Yeah. So the lender, so before it came back to the town, right. the lender would have the ability, sort of, sort of secure default, because think about that those terms to replace Trinity yeah. with another party. And if they couldn't do that, then, you know, worst case scenario. Essentially finish the same project. So the, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, what kind of Jim is saying is no lender is going to lend, you know, $100 million on this project without the ability to cure a problem that they come yeah. up on their watch. Right. And then just get wiped out, you know. Well, that, that was my point. Is that, right. that, that the bonding or there's a requirement that will, that it will stay that, Trinity is capable of, of financing this project. Yeah, I mean, we will have a completion guarantee that we provide to the lender. Right. But if we were for some reason not able to complete it, the lender would step in and 
most likely provide funds and hire her. At, at that point, the first of all, this conversation is getting very dark. Very, very, very dark. But where a transaction comes together is a closing. At closing, all the documents have to be completed, all the permits have to be in place, all the financing has to be in place. The town will have the resources to engage somebody to review all these documents to make sure all the pieces are together. But to be sure, these are institutional lenders and investors. They are going to go over all these documents and satisfy themselves if there's enough resource on the table that all potential risks have been identified and provided. So that, you know, we've been in business through, I hate to make the statement. I hate to make this statement. We've been in business for 35 years. Right. We've gone through four recessions, the most recent one being COVID. We've never failed to do that. That is really not an option. We're putting the balance sheet of this company, everything that we've done in the past 35 years, is going behind this problem. And the investors and lenders making sure we have a net worth of liquidity to be able to, and there'll be proper, appropriate contingencies in the transaction. A lot of the details will have been uh, many, if not all the details. So, um, you know, it's really hard for us to consider what happens if, if we fail because that would be very bad for us. But whoever the investors and the lenders are, they're going to have 10, 20, 50, 100 million bucks. They're not going to just see you later. They're going to they're gonna step up and complete the problem. Well, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you gave that overview because when the statement is made, if something happens, it just comes back to us. But I, I don't. I wanted to clear the air that that's, that that doesn't happen. No, you, you don't but, need a lot of half completed buildings. But, you but you your point is, it's the 153 million dollar project that's in here, and you know the average voter is not going to understand that. So I think your explanation to me, is that, and, and that's essentially the way real estate is financed. Um, we have to stand behind that project. We've done it successfully for 35 years, and we have to be very careful in everything we do because we are putting the balance of this company behind and, and I think your point, uh, I know from, from some experience, that, that it's not just your standing up to it, it's investors yes, are standing absolutely. up to it. It's bond companies that are standing up. There's a lot of scrutiny that's going to go into this. Absolutely. You know, and it's not just, hey, I said I could do it. I'm a good guy. I'm not trying to you know, minimize it, but I think it's important for just get this the public to, to kind of clarify. There's a lot of scrutiny, there's a lot of, there's a lot of professional judgments that are. Behind it. And the other point is prior to closing, we're, we're going to have very substantial investments in this project to get to it. All the due diligence, all the plans, all the documents are going to be a very substantial investment to get to closing. So we're in. We're in. Sorry, didn't mean to get dark. I just wanted to get some understanding. Start flowing when you complete the project, right? So you don't even you line up that that equity, but it's not available to you. So the trust, which is designed to discourage projects 
Okay, so that's another sort of that's a good that's guarantee, if you will, to, to get the historic credits that's kind of at the end after you've you know, completed. So basically, what we're guaranteeing is a certificate of occupancy. It's complete. That enables the revenue stream to start. Mm -hmm. Any delays in cost overruns, those are that's a very important milestone, but it's, it's comfort to the town that um, you know we don't get released from this completion guarantee until there is a certificate of occupancy issue. And you know, the town obviously is going to send the fire department, the building department, and do all the diligence they do you know, prior to it, uh, getting all the necessary uh, occupancy. So the town could be very satisfied to go with the promised. Uh, Lisa, it's, uh, Ms. Mead, the as far as the agreement and you know what we've talked about here is this really the, this is the standard standard industry practice and you know this this is what other municipalities uh, enter into uh, as far as LDAs you know, is this is this just a standard process? Well, it, it's standard in so far as there, you know, there are a handful of these kinds of projects uh, in the Commonwealth, right? They're, there's, they're not happening in every community. Uh, but the answer is yes. <laughs> when a community disposes of a piece of property of this nature, you don't enter into a standard purchase and sale agreement. You enter into a land disposition agreement, which sets out all these contingencies in, in the event of, you know, various things happening and making sure that the commitments last on beyond the closing date, but until a project is complete to guarantee the community that they're getting the package that they bought originally when they selected the RFP. And that's why it's as detailed as it is to make sure in the end, when Trinity applies for that certificate of completion, it looks like pretty close to what was presented originally and has all the amenities and benefits to the town that originally was proposed. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, um, I had a question um, uh, on section 2B5, uh, where this language that's been put in around the mitigation uh, for the, uh, the million dollars. Um, it talks about that the, the developer shall pay a mitigation payment to the town of Medfield School Committee. And it makes it clear the purpose, uh, which I don't, that's not my question. I think the purpose is fine. But the payment to the town of Medfield School Committee seems uh, a bit, I, I was curious why that particular word was used instead of just the town of Medfield. Don't we need to appropriate this? Yeah, so under, cha under chapter 44, section 53, the funds that come into the town um, will need to be appropriated. I think there was uh, some desire to make sure that it was for the purposes of the schools. I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I haven't had that direct conversation with Trinity but um, my understanding is that there is a concern to make sure that it does go in for the purposes of the schools, but it will have to be appropriated uh, through town meeting for that purpose, ultimately. I guess I was just, I mean, I, I think that it says for the sole purpose to offset impacts on the schools. So I think that's clear and that, that's not really a problem for me. It's just make, 
saying that the payment is to the town of Bedfield School Committee. Yeah. It's just in so right. I think yeah, I think we can we can have that discussion, but you're you're absolutely correct. Under 4453, it does have to be appropriated, absent a gift, obviously. Yeah, I, I'm not I don't think the Warren Committee has an issue as far as the, the, the use of that, those funds, just to make sure that those funds come in the proper way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean it's clear as far as I think it's clear in my agreement. Oh, we can certainly talk about that, but I think that everybody's clear on the process. General discussion? Yeah, I have a quick question about uh, it. Uh, has to do with Section B. Uh, it's the construction shall commence with 30 days of closing date, which commit to complete by March 31, 2022. So it's the two six month terms. Um, I guess my question is what would constitute the extension terms and what criteria would have to be met to extend those terms? Would it just be written notice or would it be, you know, some sort of detail about why it's being extended and what would designate completion? Just like you said, certificate of occupancy for all, for everything to get those historic tax credits would be completion. So Right now, um, with the Mass State Historic Tax Credit, we are having 27 separate applications to Mass Historic. Okay. So we will have 27, we will need 27 certificates of occupancy for those buildings. With the Federal Historic Tax Credit, it'll be one certificate of occupancy for the project. So um, that's the mechanism for the certificate of occupancy. Okay. And then just, you know, you guys, and it essentially gives you an extra year of, you know, instructions that you're phasing. So I think that just allows us some flexibility in case there have been times you encounter something you didn't anticipate, but trust me, that, you know, we want to complete construction as quickly as possible. Um, we're paying construction loan interest every month on a, on a gigantic construction loan. Um, so that would be, if needed, just allows us and then there's no time frame where Trinity has to, you know, exercise that option. It just is kind of like up to the up to the last day. You guys say we're not done, uh, or is it? You know, I mean, I I'm just um, used to having some sort of time frame where the option has to be, you know, nine days prior or you know six months prior. I'm just I'm just curious. I'm not, I might I can comment now. We could find out the day before closing that uh, some attorneys might just have a baby. In. Can't show. Right. It could be something as unpredictable as that, or something else that comes up invariably that the document doesn't show up. We need that flexibility. You just need that flexibility. So, you know, if we look for a uh, usual and customary notice period, they constrain that because it could be wired wired. Sharon, Amanda, any any comments or questions from you, ladies? Um, I'm good, thank you. I'm I'm good, Jeremy. Um. So, what what is the pleasure of the committee as far as our timing for the discussion on this? Do we need more time to 
to read, to discuss, review. We have a placeholder meeting on Thursday. I mean, I think, you know, from my perspective, uh, kind of took a first pass through this agreement. I haven't really detailed to study it. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me that's an interesting, you know, that, that the time you know, the board really is the, you know, the, the champion of the project. Yeah, you know, their vote or potential vote or however they're going to act on it uh, tomorrow evening. Um, yeah, so just from a process standpoint, it would seem that one we should take our our make our determination after they have the benefit. Yeah, yeah, and then maybe the best vote. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's see, maybe we got the disagreement today. I mean, yeah, yeah considering <laughs> this is like we're having the most consequential vote to make. Yeah, let me know that you. We got to give it a little more, yeah, a little more. Yeah. Okay, this is good. Yeah. So, um, so then, like you know, that kind of nails down our, our meeting. It is posted, so we will have our meeting on Thursday at seven uh, with this um, major, well, maybe the major item to discuss. Um, but in the interim, I you know, definitely encourage folks to read through the LDA and it's publicly posted. We will have the link to you know, the full full document, some twenty plus pages long. And also, also Joey that's gone into supporting this. So, um, you know, a lot of the details we have heard from, you know, from various committees and Trinity. So, you know, a lot of the information that informs the LDA we have heard already, and the LDA really just kind of pulls it all together. Mm -hmm. So, I wouldn't expect that there's going to be any substantial surprises. Um, but um, for the sake of thoroughness, let's defer over to Thursday. Can I ask Todd a quick question? Sure. So on the, um, I thought Sarah's going to be here, but she will be joining on Sarah. Oh, she is. She is. All right. Okay. Yeah. So our next item is the zoning bylaw amendment. And Sarah is to be joining us when she's available. If your questions relate to that, we can move. Yes. Do you have any? Uh, Any other uh, questions for, for Todd? No, it's not a second. It's not a second. Now's the time. At this point, Trinity is not taking that joint venture part. It's just Trinity. Not at this point. Right. Or closing. Sarah, are you all set? Oh, can you hear me okay? I can barely hear you guys. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Sorry, maybe our microphone's a little. Okay, so um, I apologize for um, me not being there, and I apologize for holding the phone so close to my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, how can I get started? Well, maybe if if you could give us the benefit of sort of an overview of what's 
what's proposed for the zoning amendment at the Medfield State Hospital and sort of the sort of the rationale reasons behind it. Um, and any discussion that the planning board may have may have had and and their current stance on the uh, proposal. Okay, happy to. So um, in reviewing the proposal, it became clear that um, one element of Trinity's proposal was not able to be implemented because uh, the zoning, which was passed in accordance with the master plan, did not allow for the reuse of building 13, which is in um, what is now known as the buildable portion of the North Field. So back in 2019, um, just prior to the zoning special town meeting, um, the town in collaboration with the planning board, uh, master planning committee, uh, board selectmen, um, determined that having a buildable and non-buildable portion of the north field was most advantageous. Um, however, there was an oversight in that um, the master plan called for the building 13 to actually be demolished. And so um, that was one thing that um, kind of slipped through the cracks at that time. So this zoning amendment um, is actually, I would say considered quite minor because it basically copies the allowable zoning and design guidelines and uses as the other historic buildings in the core campus. So none of the language is actually new, it's just repeated in this buildable portion of the Northfield area. Um, so the planning board held one public hearing on June 6th and the um, amendment was noticed in the Hometown Weekly on May 19th and May 26th. Um, two comments were uh, really received uh, for the public hearing. One was a comment primarily about the disposition area, um, not really about the use of the North Field. Um, and then earlier in the day, the um, Board of Selectmen had a 1 p.m. meeting where they discussed the zoning bylaw. And they um, actually just asked about the definition of infrastructure, um, which as an FYI, it's actually not defined in our zoning bylaw, but we're just using the you know generic term for roads, utilities, stormwater, um, that sort of thing. Um, and as a caveat or a, a sidebar, um, one of our um, implementations from the master plan was to do a zoning diagnostic, find areas of our zoning bylaw that needed improvement. And that was exactly um, one thing that our zoning um, consultant picked up on is having consistent uh, definitions. So you'll see that um, come next year, but back to the, um, the, this tweak to the state hospital district, the planning board voted unanimously to support the article. And had the, did the wording of the article change from last week? So nope, there was no change in the wording. Okay. So I, it just says that the North, uh, there was section 300-20.3 by B1D, says Northfield is a rolling field 
to maintain its passive open space and possible agricultural use. Semicolon. Mm -hmm. And the reuse of existing building 13 with conciliary parking infrastructure and landscaping within the buildable portion as delineated on the Medfield State Hospital development map. So yep. it's that last, that last part that got added, right? To, to yes. So in your packet, you should see um, the new language in bold and underlined. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I have a, something that the selectman had at the meeting last week. I don't, I'm not sure. Does, did it change from that or? No, that's no. Okay. The, oh, um, the only thing that changed was in the original advertisement, it was just in bold, but in the warrant, it's bold and underlined to distinguish underlined. it okay. from the headers okay. of the sections. And that Medfield State Hospital map that was referencing. Yes. That, that this is that what's in the LDA agreement. Um, I, I don't think so. I think we're referring to the uh, map that's in Article 20 of the zoning bylaw that was adopted in 2019. And that's the one where um, it shows the subdistricts and then the Northfield subdistrict has a dashed line showing the buildable and unbuildable portions of the Northfield. Okay. Right. Sarah, in general, this is a relatively minor change, basically just kind of clarifying or extending the limits of one of the subzones to encompass building 13. That's correct. It's, it's actually not changing the limits of the subzone. It's just changing the allowable use uh, okay. to gotcha. um, allow for multifamily rehabilitation of building 13. And, and this all is still in concert with the master plan that was developed for the state hospital? This is actually one of the deviations from the master plan that Trinity is doing because they are seeking to uh, preserve all of the um, contributing, historically contributing buildings. So um, the master plan said um, that they wanted to demolish it in order to open up that view shed of the North Field. Um, but Trinity wants to reuse it. So it was a, um, a little blip. You want to get the tax credits. <laughs> yes, tax credits, as that was Steve said. <laughs> Any questions or comments on the zoning article amendment? Thank you, Sarah. Thank um, you so much. So if, if we don't, I mean, this is a, an action that we can potentially take tonight um, if we're in support of the zoning amendment, um, you know, as read by Steve and, and presented by Sarah. Uh, should we want to do so? Thank you. Yes. I move that we uh, recommend Article 2. The zoning change to it. Federal State Hospital District incorporate the uh, Bill 13 as presented. Is there a second? Second. All right. Um, I'll take, um, we'll do a verbal of all the folks in person, and then I'll ask for Sharon and Amanda to give their 
Their votes. Um, all in favor? Say aye. 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 Those opposed? Uh, Sharon? Um, aye. In favor? Amanda? Yes. Aye. Passes unanimously. Great. Um, we're actually ahead of schedule from where I thought we might be. <laughs> we uh, may, may finish before nine, um, make up for the overage uh, of, of our meeting last week. My pumpkinness appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> And so do those mm -hmm. who want to watch the Celtics game. <laughs> so we do have, you know, a discussion we did have on our agenda talking about the school building committee formation. Um, this uh, is more of a heads up and, and maybe we could keep this as a, as a topic, but, you know, given the new bylaw um, that was voted at the past town meeting for the formation of, of a new school building committee, uh, one of the committee members is a is required to be a member of the warrant committee, and that's up, up to the committee to determine you know, who that representative may be. So I just wanted to open up a discussion on how we might want to select that that individual, if and as many as interested, nobody's interested. You know, who, if anybody has some interest in that. Um, I guess, you know, let me know or you speak up now or let me know after the meeting. And depending on, you know, how many folks are interested, we can then go from there as far as how we select uh, who would be our representative. Uh, you know, that's a, it's a, regardless, it's a representative of the committee. And so, you know, they would be speaking for the committee's majority and, and reporting back, you know, periodically to the, the warrant committee. So it might, it might make sense, maybe. That makes sense to have a discussion about what's involved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I know Bob and Sharon have some experience to that question. <laughs> I might be able to lay some, uh, yeah, let's share. some perspective on uh, what's involved. Because I, I, I get the sense that it's a very significant. Uh, There's a lot of meetings. I mean, for, for when I for when I was on it, it was in the earlier kind of stages. So it was just maybe they were, maybe we were meeting like once a month. I mean, when Bob stepped in, there were a lot more readings and a lot. The design was a lot further. Um, so it's really just kind of staying on top of that as well as staying on top of this um, and making sure you're being able to get your questions answered. Other than that, it's pretty straightforward. It's not like you need to know about the schools in the building. You're just really trying to make sure that our ear is there, I guess is how I would explain it. I don't know if you would say anything differently, Bob. No. Well, so it's a significant time commitment. Um, it's, uh, it's listening, I think, in the current bylaw, the difference is it's a voting member, not non voting, and I'm not sure how significant that is, frankly. So it's, uh, no, it's staying current and then and keeping the warrant committee. And probably, you know, at certain points during the, the process, there's more or less meetings, right? I'm sure, lead up to 
you know, the full town meeting. <laughs> there was a lot of meetings of the committee. I mean, so I, I, I would, and flows. yeah, I mean, I would also say that like when I was on it, like, and this is kind of how Bob ended up stepping in for me was that if I had issues being able to go to a meeting, I mean, back then, originally, nobody ever did hybrid, right? So if you were, there were more conflicts that you would potentially miss a meeting and not be able to do what I'm doing now and being at home and still being at the meeting. Mm -hmm. um, so back then, I would just ask somebody if they'd be willing to step in and go in my place. And Bob stepped in when in my place one too many times for him to not be able to say no when I asked him to just take my spot permanently. But um, I do think that that's, I guess my point is, is that I think that whoever takes this on should feel free to lean on the rest of the committee if they're having conflicts or whatever, because in the end, it's the entire warrant committee that will need to make um, a position. And the one of us that's on that committee really needs to be able to um, lean on the rest of us for support and not feel like they have to do it on their own. I think that, I think that this, the fact that, you know, my responsibility, I always viewed it as keeping the warrant committee informed. And perhaps if it's a voting uh, position, it's more important to engage the warrant committee so that as a representative, you're reflecting the view of at least the majority of the market. There probably is another level of, of engagement. I mean, I think mine was more periodic, but I think chairman may, may have to make it more of a discipline so that as votes are taken, the entire warrant committee is engaged. Yeah. Observation I, I would just add is that your perspective got to a certain point in the process, but there was another three years after that that this committee, if it succeeded, would have been in place, um, you know, designing and building a school. So it's a five year, you, yes. this committee's going to be around for five years. So it's, um, it's likely that we'll have multiple people. Yeah, which, yeah, which is fine and, and, and good. And I think Sharon's point is, is correct. It's the, you know, the whole committee, you know, can offer support. It's yeah. not, not a one person responsibility. And it's certainly, you know, whoever, you know, volunteers or wants to take on that role and however decide that, who that is, if they can make meetings, certainly, you know, somebody can go in their stead. Um, and to help keep the committee in the loop. Yeah, I think it's a warrant committee role. It's not an That's uh, my comment. Could we make it a warrant committee role and have it a rotating schedule? Mm -hmm. You know, so that's it's always somebody's different voice and always somebody reporting back and always somebody bringing their two cents. And, and it's more of a committee. I think in really practice, that may be the way we do it. But okay. the MSBA is going to want somebody's name on the hook. Right. Okay. And, you know, the select board, okay. when asked, so, you know, the, the process hasn't actually started yet. Okay. It's sort of, you know, beginning discussion. So this, the school committee does need to kind of put forth a formal request of the select board to form a committee. That hasn't happened yet, but we all hope that happens soon. Um, then the select board do need to appoint a person specific. Okay. 
yeah. you know, and then you know that gets submitted to MSBA if if we're eligible for funding. So we, we do need to have one person nominated, but I mean I think that can change over time if need be. It's not like you're locked in for life. If you need to formally step down, it's fine. <laughs> um, but you you know in the process you'd have the full support of the committee anyway. So anyway, I just wanted to begin that discussion. We're not being asked to make any decision, you know, imminently, and that, you know, that that request has not yet come from the school committee to the select board as far as formation of committee, but we wanted to try to stay ahead of it. Um, so we'll keep this open um, and certainly let me know your thoughts uh, as we keep going forward. So another item we had on here on our agenda was uh, committee planning for next fiscal year, FY24, which will be on it on us before we know it. Um, I wanted to start a conversation there as far as what sort of, um, you know, concerns or, or, or changes or improvements that the committee might want to think about for next year's budget process. You know, one of the big changes that may be coming forward, uh, you know, when town administration is ready, they've been diligently working on a new budget format, uh, which I think, you know, once we get sort of some, some more time, uh, and the special time meeting behind us, you know, we'll have you know, a presentation uh, from the administration on that. And, you know, I'd love to, to hear what the committee might think of that budget format or, or things that might we might want to see in a budget uh, format. You know, what information you know, would we like to see presented to us or included in a formally uh, published budget that we haven't seen before that we'd like or, you know, formatted at. So, um, I know some of you have reached back to me as far as your interest in different departments and, and you know, which departments you might be interested in, in kind of championing the budget for, you know, kind of getting, digging in deep. So, you know, thank you for that. But if you haven't yet, please let me know. Just at some point, we'll need to make some assignments as far as who's doing, you know, what departments and, and reporting back to the committee. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about is, is the school budget to be in such a large portion of the budget um, that you've done a wonderful job on it. Um, but maybe we might want to assign maybe use if you want to as the lead, but also give you a you know more formal support person as well. Sure. You know, like seeing that Amanda it was such was, a Amanda was with me, you know, <laughs> right. Very, so very, very helpful. And, Amanda, yeah. you have to stay. <laughs> I can't see you. I just see your name. <laughs> but, no, you know, I, I, I will, if I can comment on that. I First of all, Ed was like a phenomenal, and I mean this truly, like a really phenomenal teacher along with spending the time with the schools. Um, I'm happy to spend time with anybody in terms of what I learned, uh, questions like things like that. But um, I... I will say that Ed's a, Ed's a phenomenal teacher. Um, and I think partnering up was, a, 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 it was a great experience for me. Um, and I, I, I only have really positive things to say about how much you can learn and how much, you know, it does take time. It's a complex budget. Um, but if you haven't done it before, which I hadn't, you know, you've got a team of really solid people to, to kind of help you figure things out. And Ed, I'm going to miss working with you on that budget too. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough to stay though. 
still change your mind, man. One of the things that we've talked about in the past was uh, kind of a pro forma. And thinking about that is a, you know, not much more work, but it's only a prelude to getting into the actual budget process mm -hmm. and putting more in context than I know Steve and I talk. Yeah. I think that's one like you said, some consideration. Yeah. And I've talked with. And we kind like of formalize that a little bit more in the financial policies and you know the update about that, you know, five-year forecasting revenue expenses and right. you know, adding a little bit more structure to that. Really in the budget having process. Having a great. view of you know yeah. the conversation here about you know what are the liabilities we're looking at? What are the, yeah. What are, what, are, what are the things that are there? So we don't have to look at it in the in an annual piece, but in terms of right. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. I think the ability to, to look forward, yep. you know, you we're not going to have it, you know, we're not going to nail it down. The farther out we go, the harder it is, but at least we'll have, we'll have a site that will help inform us as we look at these. The challenge would be to get the school to, to, you know, to, yeah. to, to do that, right? And, yeah. And to, to go out, you know, five years. I know they do. Uh, we'll do a strategic plan, and maybe they can base it off of that. But right. put numbers behind it. You know, uh, I think that will inform uh, a lot of residents about you know what are what what does our future look like? Yeah. You know, um, you know, with some assumptions behind it. It's not it's not a crystal ball. No, you know, it's far from it. But it's something. But, you know, something's better than nothing, in my opinion. I, I think what's interesting is what happens is, and I, we did this in my former job in Mansfield, is both the schools and the town, you can have a base five-year plan. You know, this is status quo today. This is how costs increment, et cetera. And this is what it looks like. But then I know in the schools, you can take the approach, okay, if money weren't an object, what are the things you would do? Mm -hmm. What are the thing, all of the things that are programs that you might do, different curriculums, what are the things that you would pursue over the course of five years if you could? Yeah. And the town did the same thing, both uh, departments. And then you see what that looks like versus the revenue stream. And you see the delta. Yeah. And you say, oh my God, this week, this, we, there's a, these are all things that we really want to do as a town or as a school, but we can't afford them because of the revenue constraints. Um, so it's a really interesting and it's a good thing to do the five year yeah. plan because uh, you're never going to get to everything that right. you want, but uh, it, it does tell you really where you stand. And every year you kind of update it. You really can only go out three years with any kind of crystal ball clarity. Yeah. Up to that, you really yeah. don't know. Right. But, uh, it, it's, it's a worthwhile exercise. And since I thought the town was already working on that uh, five year plan. We've we've done it on our end of our financial team. We we do that and we update it, but it's not something that we presented to any right. broader group. Just more informs the revenue projections that you see um, when we first bring them out and you know beginning of the, the budgetary season. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you know, we made so much so much progress has been made in the capital budgeting, for example. Yeah. That's a five-year plan. That gives a Right, and so it's it's a similar type of thing. I mean, kind of the conversations that we've had in, in the school building project. Um, you know, you don't you can't totally quantify it, 
that you can identify it, whether it's, you know, I mean, how far along, how long can we push out the traps? Yeah, I mean, those are, these are things that's, that, you know, just in five years, you just you just view it. So, well, how how long can we push it up? We can push it up five years. We can't right. it into a five-year plan. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't become a crystal ball, but it's like everything we do. It's just it gives right. a projection. It gives a a perspective right. of, of issues that we're and, facing, and they're not annual issues. Yeah, they they have a they go they have a lifespan for it. Right, and I think yeah, you know, like things like uh, like the the Norfolk County pension and OPEP and things like that, that are big parts of our budget. But when you look out three or four years, there are big changes coming to those, mm -hmm. positive and negative. So, yeah. you know, those would be good to factor in too. So. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's endeavoring to, to say, well, you know, what, what what's your wish list? It's more of like a what you can do list. Right. Yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to. But that kind of dialogue, so that, right. you know, to share that information from the town with, yeah. the, with like the Warren Committee yeah. to be able to. I like that word, can do. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Let's keep that conversation going. And, and um, you know, I think. It'll, it'll be interesting once you know town administration is ready to present a new budget format and uh, let me know um, you know offline if there's any particular departments that you have an interest in and you know before long we'll send out um, you know some assignments for budgets for next year we do have another guest sorry mo We do have three appropriation transfer requests. These are end of year requests for the transfer of, of budget. Um, one in, involving the cemetery, another for tree expenses, and another for sewer expenses. So all of these transfers are, are within the operating budget. There's no additional operating budget being requested. It's being, all of these are being transferred from uh, a surplus of salary funds into the expense lines of these various divisions of public works. Is that correct, Mo? That's correct. Um, thanks for having me tonight. Um, you know, our, our divisions have faced some, some major challenges this year with a lot of uh, rising costs in all different aspects of the, of the DPW, whether it's equipment, whether it's uh, fuel charges, shipping, all the rest. Um, with tree cemetery and sewer, we've, we've those three budgets have been hit the hardest this year for us and for, for different reasons. I think tree is mostly from, you know, different storms that we've experienced and a lot of emergencies that we've had, especially on weekends where we've had um, additional tree work uh, that they had to mobilize crews because we have our, our tree services are contracted out. We don't have any tree crews in house. So um, that, that puts a stress on, on, on our budget there. So uh, we have, um, money in the tree salary expense uh, that we uh, that goes to our tree warden that uh, we're able to uh, to manage this. Uh, so we're looking to, to transfer $8,500 from tree salary to the uh, operating expenses for that one. The cemetery one, similar to last year, unfortunately, with being in uh, COVID uh, protocols for the last few years, we've experienced it's a tremendous amount of 
uh, hate to say it, a lot of uh, plots have been sold in the last couple of years, which is unfortunate, but just, uh, you know, part of reality right now. And many deaths that, uh, you know, that seem to happen over the last couple of years, and we're still feeling that pinch. So uh, that uh, contract services for, for the uh, burial services have, have been a, a real um, uh, issue with our, with our budget this year as well. And as, uh, lastly, the sewer department, uh, we've had uh, multiple situations at the treatment plant that, um, you know, we, we know we have I and I issues and other ones, but uh, equipment failures. Uh, this year, we are replacing a capital item, which is the um, uh, the influence screen. All the everything runs through that when it comes into the plant. That's on our capital, but it didn't uh, it didn't last uh, until the end of this fiscal year. So we're we're trying you know making uh, emergency repairs to that, as well as the clarifier, uh, as well as the sand filtration system. Uh, valves, things that we've, you know, unexpectedly that we've had to uh, repair or replace. So, uh, so we're looking for uh, monies from the salaries The luckily, well, fortunately, we've had uh, an, ex an excess in our salary budget. One of our employees was not here half the year uh, and returned to us just this past uh, February. So we have an excess in there that we could transfer over which uh, we're fortunate this year. Some of those sewer expenses that you're, you're covering now, would, would those potentially come off the capital plan or, or be uh, deferred? No, these are just unexpected extra expenses, mm -hmm. un, un, unexpected expenses, unfortunately, except for the, like I said, the, um, the influence screen is being replaced with our capital that was approved this past uh, town meeting. So July 1st is when we can uh, try to get that uh, replaced. So we're still trying to make it through till June 30th. So in essence, well, you're really just moving the, the budget dollars and salary to some other line. That's yes, we're, we're not asking budget for budget because it was over expenses. Yeah, we're just we're not asking for more money. Luckily, we have uh, we've been trying to plan for that a little bit. So. Yeah. Any any questions for Mo on the on the detail of these transfers? Okay. I mean, this is one of the things that become more flexible over time. You know, this used right. to not be a tool for the town to use. Yeah. Um, Okay. But now that now it is, but there's still a process for a review by the foreign committee and the stuff. Where the, the ball, the ball. How many of these do you get a year? Well, we'll see. It's a relatively new process, but we'll see. Yeah, just uh, on the appropriations fund transfer, there's probably there's a few more additions to these, um, and then there'll be some additional uh, reserve fund transfers that we bring to you for the current situations. So not too many. This. Again, these ones we're lucky now that towns can do this or even something like this would have to go back to town meeting. Oh really? Yeah, because mm -hmm. you can only if you could cover it in a reserve fund transfer, then even if it was within your budget, you couldn't go for the salary expenses. Yeah. Any dollar amount? Any dollar amount over what was approved by town meeting. Got it. And even make <laughs> so it, it's it's good. It gets even down the flexibility and, and there's still the accountability. Yeah. There is a transfer coming for eight cents. 
So these these appropriation transfers, like most proposing, are within the public works budget. Reserve fund transfers are from the reserve fund appropriation that was appropriated time meeting into the department fund. So that's still within the town budget, but not in within the department. Actually, this conversation is useful, and if maybe it's important to pick up if there's a preference for how you would rather see these. Because, for example, we do have some that are coming that um, we're just using reserve fund because it's more than the past practice. But if you, as the warrant committee, prefer to see just kind of sticking to the departmental budget and making transfers across departmental lines, um, that's an approach we can consider moving forward. An appropriations transfer such as these requires your approval as well as the board selectees. Whereas the reserve fund transfers only require your approval. That's essentially the reserve fund for um, you folks to uh, control. And the reserve fund is the general. Yeah, it's for any town departmental, but it cannot be used for like the school's expenses. I mean, one seventy, right? It's one fifty this year. It's been twenty two, one seventy. Would it make sense for preferable? Approach to be have them try the appropriation transfer, and if they can't be brought together, then they go to reverse. And it seems to be for for tracking, you know, the actual expenses in the department. That's probably a better accounting approach to do the appropriation transfer. I mean, it's another step. Unfortunately, it's almost backwards from what you think it might be. You know, more of a hurdle for the within department transfer than using the emergency. Let the variances stay. A budget is just a roadmap. So you get all of these yeah. 25 line items. Some are going to be overexpended, some are going to be under. If the total for that department, the police, fire, whatever it is, is within the budget. Well, you're used to the yeah. school budget. That's, That's the difference. Budget. You can yeah. do that on the school budget. You can't do that on the initial side. That's the problem. I, guess. I know. Try manage projects. I totally, <laughs> totally get that. But. But I mean, I, I could, you know, I, it's a Jill, Jill's point. I, I could understand seeing sticking with an appropriation transfer just to be able to get better tracking in the accounting. But right. depending on the situation, you sure. may have to go. My take. I don't really. I don't feel strongly. <laughs> no, that. and that's right. I don't think we've ever. It's really been um, a discussion plan. It's, it's something we've been talking about internally when we're going through this. Is terms of what would folks rather see, and it's like. I think stay with any budget if you can, right? First, and then go outside. Right, so. that's fair. Yeah. yeah. And then you can always look back during budgeting what came in last year. Yeah. Right. Odd pattern to that, especially if you're doing a So let's let's um, entertain a motion for these three appropriation transfers as presented by Mo. Um, it's a ten thousand dollar transfer. In the salary division from salaries to expenses, an $8,500 transfer in the tree division from salaries to expenses, and a $70,000 transfer from salaries to expenses in the sewer department. So move. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Those opposed? Sharon? Um, I, I approve it. Yes. Amanda. Approve. Okay. Done. Thank, thank you all. Thanks, Paul. Have a good night. Good Well, that's that's the last of our items on the agenda. Anything else come up that we want to touch on?
reconvene on Thursday? Just for the vote, right? The LBA? Well, we can be pretty expedient, yeah. And then can be hybrid, you know, if folks will need to participate hybrid, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we could just talk about the town, the special town meeting. Uh, so what, because uh, we'll, we won't have much time between <laughs> Thursday and right. Monday, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, what's the plan for? Does, are there any volunteers to help write? Um, I mean, we voted favorably on the zoning article. Any any volunteer to write a, uh, um, you know, the majority opinion on that? I guess, well, our unanimous opinion on that. Any volunteers? It does have to be written since we don't know what it is. No, but I mean, generally there's a, you know, does the board committee have anything to offer? I mean, we probably should give some brief statement about our process and why we supported it. I mean, if no one, I'll, I, you know, it defaults to me, so I'm, I'm happy to write it if nobody else wants to, but just wanted to offer it up. Yeah, that seems pretty not controversial. You know, I'll, I'll take care of that. Very simple, The longer one we haven't taken an action on. Are they, are they expecting us to like give a, I guess the question is like how extensive like for the, the school is it is it an extensive presentation like we did for the school like what is Scott expecting us to do? I don't know if he's expecting anything specific okay. per se, but okay. um, certainly we need to state what the Warren Committee's recommendation is right. and have some some justification for that. You know, and I think it's our, our opportunity to tell us tell how many the process was and what we considered. Um, you know, in the case of the, you know, the article one, the primary article at town meeting, you know, there is a active champion of that. Yeah. So there'll be formal presentations by Trinity, by this, the hospital committee. Yeah. Now they'll be the front, you know, front and center to answer questions that come up from town meeting. So, I mean, I think at a lot of this town meeting coming up, we're going to be, we won't have to do sort of an audience more so once we do our, you know, present a positive motion and give our, our stance on it, you know, most of the questions, if not all, are gonna be directed by the moderator to the committee or to attorney. Yeah. I would imagine, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there any feedback about the lessening of the quorum requirements? Believe, is that tomorrow? It's tomorrow night. They voted already have it. They voted already have it. So the quorum has been reduced to 150. Yeah, they voted already. Right. No, just, it's just, just special. Oh, no. Just this one? Just a one off. Yeah. We ordered um, 1,500 wristbands in a similar fashion to the special coming for the school. So we're anticipating well above that, but it is lower than the And it, it's also my understanding that, that Scott is going to go directly to a, a written vote for Article 1. He's not going to do a standing count, he's going to just go right to a ballot. And they, I know they've talked about, did they make a decision on like how he's going to do that, Nick? Like whether he'll go do Article 1 first, then Article 2. He hasn't reported back to, I don't know, he probably could have decided, but I don't know right now. Yeah, he hasn't decided. He did mention the process of voting for Article 1.
Any any volunteers on Article One? I mean, I guess presuming that we'll have a positive motion. I I'll likely be hybrid next week. Okay. Graduation or Thursday, rather. Sorry. Totally fine. So. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping we can be a relatively concise meeting. But you can, sure. you can take as long as it takes. Yeah. I'm not sure. So you're not sure you can make it in? No, no. I'm actually working through SO. Available at eight if we started right at eight. We want everybody voting at 10 Yeah, I posted it for a seven. I can certainly just amend the later. Are we there are some transfers? I can just check in with you and maybe just take this up with the departments for that. Yeah, or I'll send you the list. You can decide. Okay. We're already we're down one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're at eight now. Amanda's, Amanda's gonna stay through, yeah. right? So. right? Amanda Sharon, are you available on Thursday? If we if we went did uh, the main discussion at eight o'clock? Um, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. All right. So that that'll be tentatively be the plan. But if we have some other uh, agenda items that we don't need. Everybody for, but we still have a quorum. Maybe we can start a little bit earlier on those items just to knock those off before. But we'll take up on Thursday. We'll take up at, at eight o'clock, no earlier than eight o'clock. We'll take up the agenda item for Article One of the Special Plan. If, if it doesn't take more than two minutes, if it takes more than two minutes, I'll get you. We'll talk about later. But that, the item in the opinion. LDA about mitigation type five. Are they gonna are they gonna do these intersection? Yes, they've committed to doing parting in north, parting in west, and possible parting those three. Thank you. Yeah, so that my language was added that the town will not pay for any of this. It's gonna either come from Trinity or Funding from a state grant or something. Like yeah, yeah. The, we've already put MassWorks program on notice that this is coming most likely, you know, potentially next year, maybe the year after, depending on scheduling yeah. of those grant programs. But they're aware, they're excited about the project. So hopefully they have some knowledge behind it to make it all work. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, great. Great. Entertain, entertain a motion to adjourn. Bob. Motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 As opposed? Karen? Aye. Amanda? Aye. 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 We're adjourned. <laughs>